This is the Jeff Merrick Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. All right, officially welcome into the broadcast. Uh, Going to be welcoming Greg Wyshynski aboard in hour two. Also, Thomas Strantz at the bottom of the hour. So we'll get into some Vancouver hockey talk here in a couple of moments. Meantime, Elliot Friedman from Hockey Night and 32 Thoughts, who, alongside Anthony Stewart and David Amber, worked both games last night. How are you, Frege? Where are you, Frege? <laughs> you there? Yeah, I don't, you can't blame that one on me. I was knocked off it. Okay, no problem, no problem. Welcome aboard once again, Elliot. Um, first of all, I liked it, but as I was mentioning off the top, I love hockey cringe. What did you think of Rooney and Skiller to welcome everybody to the season? You know, I'm, gl- I'm glad you asked me about this, Jeff, because I know a lot of people didn't like it. I loved it. And I hear you calling it hockey cringe. But the issue I, I have with all the complaining is we say that hockey is too stiff and never tries anything new. Yep. And then when they try something a little different, everybody dumps all over it. So, you know, like, I don't, like, was it a huge hit? No. Did I appreciate they tried something different? Yeah, I did. And, and I think sometimes those of us who are around the sport are some of our own worst enemies because we say hockey's boring or, and never tries new things. And then when it tries something new, and admittedly, this is a small thing. Like I said, we pour crap all over it. Not me. I loved it. But I, I look at it as if this is in the, in the longstanding tradition. Uh, and I think it's a beautiful thing of hockey cringe. Like, I don't want, <laughs> like, I don't want Rooney and Skiller to be smooth. I really don't. I don't want them to sound like broadcasters. I want them to sound like referees that are about to drop the puck. But first... They're going to try to stammer out a few words welcoming us to the season. I loved it. I didn't want it smooth at all. And it, to me, it, it fulfilled its function. Um, well, I don't know. I don't think I agree with that. I, I would have, I, I don't want people happy with it because it's cringeworthy. It reminds <laughs> me of some of my early high school dating attempts. But I just like the fact that they tried something different. Yeah. Like, try it. Why not? The best innovations happen when someone says, I don't know, let's give it a shot, and maybe the kids will like it. Uh, That was was pretty much the entire 70s, by the way. Um, Let me get, before we get to the games last night and the games on the horizon, some news this morning, and it's all around the Buffalo Sabres. So Don Granato gets the uh, the contract extension. um, And also, Matias Samuelson. Now, this is an interesting one. So in the offseason... Uh, Kevin Adams signs Tage Thompson at seven years, $50 million. This one is seven years, $30 million. Um, before I, I share with you what I think about this one, because I'm not sure that, like, to me, this looks like something that either long-term the Sabres are going to love or the yep. player is going to love, but I don't know that both will. How did you see this one? I mean, he's only played 54 games, yet there it is, $30 million, AAV 4.29. And he hasn't scored yet. Hasn't got a goal yet, no. Yes. Although I don't think we expect, you know, I don't think we expect, you know, Matias Samuelson to, to challenge, you know, Miro Haskinen or Adam Fox or Kale McCarr for the mm-hmm. Roman Yossi for the scoring lead with defensemen. That's true. I, I think that's pretty fair. You know, I look at it this way. The first question I ask, Jeff, is how good's the player? How, how good's the player? 
Is he an important player? Do you think he's a key part of your team? And I think the Sabres would answer yes. Yes, we do. So that's number one. Number two, I always ask is, if you don't lock in this player, are you going to pay more for it later? And you know my philosophy. If you think someone's important, sign them for as long as you can because the price is never going to go down. And I will say to you, Jeff, I had some reaction this morning of at the end of this deal, Samuelson might regret it. Yep. Now, I don't think he's going to ever have huge counting stats. As you said, he's not there to be Adam Fox or anybody like – or Kale McCarr. He's a defender more often, and he's a, a battler. So I can see why he'd do it. You know, I think I think at the end of the day, what Buffalo said here is this is an important part of our group, and we're going to try to lock them up. And they know them better than anybody else. I had some people who said to me, really good deal. I had some people who said to me, way too soon. At the end of the day, Buffalo knows them best, and you got to make the call. See, that that's why this one is so fascinating, because there is – there's gamble on both sides. The mitigating factor is, you know, you ask, you know, uh, how much do you know about the player? What do you think of the player? I would submit after 54 games that we don't have a big enough snapshot really to, to, to know about the player at all. So this looks like it's a gamble for Samuelson because how many years into the deal, maybe all of a sudden he turns into the next Jacob Slavin and you're saying to yourself, woof, what a bargain the Sabres have. Or yep. he goes the other way and you say, man, it was Kevin Adams thinking here. Now we've got, you know, $4.29 million, you know, tied up in this hole on the blue line. I think there's huge I think gam- the other- gamble on, on, on both sides here. I agree with that. But I think the other thing here is look what's going to go on around them as the cap goes up, hopefully. Mm-hmm. How big do you think Deline's next contract is going to be? That's going to be a whopper. Eventually, Owen Power is going to get yeah. paid. Tage Thompson's already been paid. We'll see what happens, you know, with some of the uh, the other younger players on this team. Um, whether it's, oh, we think of, you know, Jack Quinn is going to be somewhere on the horizon too if he continues uh, to score goals. Dylan Cousins, like it looks, and Skinner's already there at a, at a at a big price tag. Like it looks as if, you know, Cam Sharon made this point on 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 Twitter where he said, look, it looks as if Buffalo has said, we know that we're going to be really top heavy, you know, yep. in, in a couple of years. And we need some yep. home, we need some home runs lower in the lineup. And this is their gamble that this might end up being a home run for them. See, I, I think that's absolutely true. That's what you can't you can't look at this in a vacuum. You've got to look at what's going to go on around it. So what it says to me is. They've signed him saying, we think he's a big part and we want to have some certainty here because Darlene's next one is going to be big one for term. And if power is what a lot of us think he's going to be, Mm -hmm. either he's going to be signing a huge short-term bridge or a huge long-term big one. I, I agree with that. The salary cap is a puzzle. And they've just fit in, locked in a piece of the puzzle. We'll see what happens with the swords. Okay, to uh, to last night, uh, the Rangers-Tampa game. Rangers yep. come out physical. 
Mika Zibanejad scores. Uh, horrible news for Vitaly Kratsov. That was awful to watch him, you know, leave the game last night after getting tied up with with Victor Hedman. Uh, your yep. thoughts on what we saw between these two teams? Zibanejad with a pair. He could have had the empty net or two and made it the hat trick. I mean, there's no there's no profound question here other than maybe do we still underrate Mika Zibanejad? That guy was like flat out awesome yesterday for each. Well, Zibanejad signed last year for eight and a half. And I know this is a one-day overreaction, but I had people saying to me this morning and last night, he's underpaid. <laughs> Based on how- I think he's a great player. Yeah. I don't know if I'd say he's underpaid, but that's what some people were saying to me this morning. And, you know, the one thing is, I thought the Rangers looked too fast for Tampa last night. And I... I'm not a person who overreacts, especially when it comes to a team as mature as Tampa. It's opening night. They were at home, but they looked really fast for Tampa. Mm-hmm. If that's the like, like, we talked in our preview about how the Rangers had to make life a little easier on Shesterkin. Just because he's great doesn't mean you have to try to win being outshot 45 20 every night. They carried the play, and that's a really good sign for them. Not only did they carry the play with their feet, but also physically as well. I mean, yeah. uh, VC and, uh, well, Jacob Trouba, you expected from me, the point about Ryan Reeves as well. Alexi Lafreniere was really physical uh, last mm-hmm. night in that game. And we know that Gerard Gallant doesn't like his teams getting pushed around at all. Like, that looked, again, one-game snapshot. But it's against a team that's gone to the Stanley Cup final and won two Stanley Cups in the process. You know, they looked like they looked faster and they looked stronger. And I think if it wasn't for Andre Vasilevsky, who I think played really well, that's yeah. probably a blowout game for each. You know, the the, the one guy, and I, I have to admit, Jeff, I've got to rewatch it to look at it. I had some people telling me they were a little concerned about point. Hmm. They just said his body's been through a lot. He was obviously hurt pretty bad in the playoffs last year. They just said he didn't look up to speed last night. Again, one game. Uh, I don't like to overreact to anything, particularly when it comes to Tampa. But it, like, like, it, it, was, it was, I think it was Amber who said last night that the Western game looked like three yards in a cloud of dust compared to the Eastern <laughs> game. Yeah. I, I thought the Rangers really skated around. Tampa last night. But that that was let, let's get there. That, that that was a really interesting late game as well. Uh Vegas Beast, Los Angeles, Mark Stone, who you you know wrote about in the in the blog having chunks taken out of his back and he's it gets the game winner in the dying seconds. I thought it was a big that's a big moment for him. Uh, I thought that was a big game for Jack Eichel and a big goal for him as well. I thought Logan Thompson uh played a, a real good game. Not that, again, not that you want to read into or make too much about one game and, oh, that's a game that Vegas had to have, but that's a game on the road, opens up the season, all the energies with the yep. Los Angeles Kings and all the expectations a good team. for Los Angeles, a real good team. And I'll tell you what, Fiala and Kempe look good together early uh, and was happy to see Gabriel Velarde score as well, but that's a huge win to kick off the season for Vegas considering everything they've been through um, uh, welcoming in, you know, well, well, saying goodbye to some some key personnel, a new coach, and Bruce Cassidy behind the bench. That's a that's a big one for Vegas for each. That, that is a really big one. Uh, really, really good win for Thompson, 
And, you know, I think the other thing is, at the end of the game, the bad turnover by Jersey, yeah. two real high IQ players, Petrangelo and Stone, take advantage of it. Like, that's what you're counting on if you're Vegas. Your best players with the game on the line pounce on a mistake and give you a wobble you. Now, if I was to have some criticism of anybody, I would say this. We talked about Fiala and how now he's counted on to run that or to be the driver on that Kings offense. Yep. Can't take those penalties. No. You know, he's notorious for it. Can't do that anymore. Kings are counting on you. Can't do it. I do like that line, though. With Kopitar yeah, and Kempe, that, that looks like the makings of a really gorgeous line. Uh, okay, so tonight we have six games. And on our network on Wednesday Night Hockey, we have the Maple Leafs and the Habs at 7 o'clock Eastern. Uh, we have the Vancouver Canucks and the Edmonton Oilers late, 10 o'clock Eastern. Both these games on Sportsnet uh, being aired nationally. Um, Leafs and the Montreal Canadiens. There's a lot of points of interest here. John Tavares will play. Matt Murray gets a start for the Leafs. We'll see Yuri Slavkovsky. Uh, we'll see Arbor Jackai. You're, you're, I know you're the president of that fan club now. I know he's on, on a pair with Chris Weidman. Uh, Jake <laughs> Allen gets the start. Slavkovsky will play with Dvorak and Gallagher. We will not see Jonathan Drouin, who is a healthy scratch, as is Michael mm-hmm. Pizzetta, and Mike Matheson has, has a lower body issue. Uh, what's the biggest story going into this one for you, Breach? Probably Matt Murray. I'm excited to see all the Montreal kids tonight. Mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm also excited to see Gouley. I, I'm really curious to see what kind of a night he has. Um, those Montreal kids are going to be wired at home, but the guy everybody's going to be watching tonight is going to be Matt Murray. Mm. Um, yeah. I, I find the predictions on the Maple Leafs to be really fascinating. There are some really bold predictions this year, and they may turn out to be right. I just don't understand how anybody can predict them with, with any degree of certainty or confidence. Mm-hmm. I, I think that they're a really talented team. I think they'll be fine in the regular season. But I just I, – I don't understand the confidence of some of the predictions without really knowing yet what we're dealing with in that. The thing about – Murray is you and I talked about this on the podcast that there has been a a conscious effort to change the style and not that yep. I want to read too much into the preseason the exhibition season whatever you want to call it but it looks like he's sticking with what he started last season specifically in Belleville and coming out of the AHL assignment into the NHL before he got his uh, before he got injured like it looks like he's still on those same train tracks and if that's true mm-hmm then that's good news certainly for him and certainly good news for the Maple Leafs and their fans. No no question about it. You know, I was on radio in Edmonton this morning on one of our stations out there. I think it was Sonic. And uh, they were telling me, like they were asking me about what the regular season is about. Is, is it really meaningful at all? And I think what we forget sometimes as fans and media yeah. is that as a player, you can't say, oh, we're just going to wait to the playoffs because the calendar says you can't jump to them now. So it's all about process. It's all about how you prepare. It's all about are you getting yourself into good habits? 
And when it comes to Murray and Samsonov, it's can we get into good habits? And I, I think if Murray can stick to it, it's a good sign for them. You're right. Uh, do you have a thought on Jonathan Drouin? Healthy scratch. I mean, that's always going to raise eyebrows. It's at home. It's game one. It's Jonathan Drouin. You know, I, I, I think it's it's tough. Kids been through a lot. Yeah. I just think that when you're trying to build a winning culture, you've got to say whoever deserves to be in mm-hmm. is going to be in. And look, you know Marty San Louis. He's not doing it to for to score points for himself. Nope. He's blunt. He's honest. But he's fair. And he's. I think he's simply saying the players who deserve to play will play. And you know it's not over for Drouin. There will be other opportunities. Yes. Uh, watch that one tonight, 7 o'clock Eastern on Sportsnet. Maple Leafs facing off, facing off against the Montreal Canadiens. Late game, the Oilers and the Vancouver Canucks. We're going to talk to... Thomas Trance here in a couple of moments. We'll we'll get the Vancouver side of... My condolences on that. Uh, I love Tiny Trancer. He's awesome. Um, uh, so we'll talk to him about the Vancouver point of view here. So let's focus on the Oilers. Um, much like the question about the Maple Leafs, what are the questions about the Edmonton Oilers this season? Or are all the questions answered in the playoffs? Well, the one thing I want to see right now is... Holloway's had a dynamite preseason. Yep. Can this carry over? Um, There's a big difference now. If you're playing on the top line, yes, you're standing next to a nuclear weapon, but it means that the other teams have their best players against you. Mm -hmm. How do you handle that? Um, So, yeah, obviously I think a lot of the answers will come later. But that, you know, how does Campbell handle it? And for me, the first thing I'm looking at right now is, is this real with Holloway or is it a preseason mirage? I think we're, I mean, I'm looking at Edmonton this year and saying, okay, what are they, Eric, the, the, the whole regular season is a prelude to two things, certainly the playoffs, but also a prelude to trade deadline for Ken Holland to shore up what he needs. Like they bring in Jack Campbell, he's their, he's their new starter. They still have yep. holes on the blue line they want to address. Mm-hmm. Uh, is there anything up front that they want to change? You know, we talked in the off season about, you know, were they interested in Pat Kane? Were they interested in Phil Kessel? Um, are they still interested in, in these types of players or do they look elsewhere? When you look at the Oilers roster right now, because for me it's, yeah, they might need one more D. What jumps out at you? said it last night, and I'll say it again, Jeff, that the, the roster they're going to start the season with tonight, that's not going to be the roster that they're going to have at the end of the year. It's it's going to be different. And, you know, in the past week, I think I've traded everybody to Edmonton at the deadline. <laughs> I think it's Jonathan Taves, John Klingberg. Yeah. I, I think I've got half the league traded to the Oilers. But I do think they're going to add. Look at the GM. The GM is a guy who's always gone for it when he thinks he's had a chance. In the past couple of years, he wouldn't give up the first because he didn't think it made sense. We're crossing, as long as they do what they're supposed to do, we're crossing into the area where that's going to make sense. Like the other thing, too, is, Jeff, is that 
you know, you look at the Oilers and you look where the contracts are going, your window's now. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, like when McDavid and Dreisaitl come up, what are those numbers going to be? So you have to you have to be in go for it mode now. And I think they are. See, I, I look at the Oilers right now and I say, this is like Rutherford with the Penguins. We have these guys. We don't care about prospects. We don't care about picks. We need to win the Stanley Cup now. And I know Holland yeah, hates the first. But, for no, rentals, but I thought but he was smart last year. I thought. Listen for for what the prices were. Like you look at what they're asking for someone like Jonas Corposal. Like that. That's an easy turn down. I I, I get it. Um, but there were teams that tried to pry first. Now, you know when when Darcy Kemper was available, uh, I believe Edmonton offered as part of their package a first round draft pick. But still, I I, I think this is the year that that. Holland is a little looser about letting go of first round draft picks to say nothing of prospects. I think that's a good nickname. Loose Kenny Holland. <laughs> we'll see you around deadline. Uh, a couple more things quickly here. Um, six games on the go around the NHL this evening. Uh, banner raising Colorado avalanche. Uh, we've talked plenty about them. Uh, you talk about trading half the league to Edmonton. How many players have you now traded to Colorado? And I'm guessing Jonathan Taves might be one of them. And we'll see the Avalanche face off against Jonathan Taves' team tonight. I, I, I have thought that that's one of the fits. Look, everyone's going to watch Newhook tonight. Can he take yeah. that job? Can he keep that job? Does he convince the Avalanche that they don't need to add somebody later? Uh, I think it's a smart idea to give him the trial. See what you got there. See how he handles the extra responsibility. But I, I think that's another team. We think they'll be going for some stuff later in the year. Mm-hmm. I'm really looking forward to Colorado Calgary tomorrow night. I know I'm getting yep. ahead of myself, but I'm, I'm really looking forward to that one tomorrow. Uh, how much are you looking forward to the Bruins and the Capitals or the Blue Jackets and the Hurricanes this evening? Uh, for the Bruins, they make the Anton Strahlman deal official. It's a one-year package. Uh, Linus Allmark gets a start tonight uh, against the Capitals. No Wilson, no Haglin. Darcy yep. Kemper gets a start. And we get a shot at watching you know, someone that I think, as you don't cheer for teams, you cheer for people. You always cheer for someone like Dylan Strome with the Caps. Uh, I won't be watching these ones tonight as much as the Canadian teams, but I'll have my eye on it. You, you know, I get the sense there's a lot of people wondering about Washington. Mm-hmm. How good are they? I've had a lot of people in the past couple of days say, if there's a team in the East that's going to slip out of the playoffs, they think it could be the Capitals. I, I don't see it, but I'm interested in the fact they're – seems to be some weight to the fact that others do. Uh, Blue Jackets, Hurricanes, real quick. Uh, Daniil Tarasov gets the start. Elvis Merlikens, Merzlikens is sick. Jed Greaves gets called up from the AHL to make room for him. I was, Ken looking, I was wondering about that today. Yeah, Tarasov yeah. gets gets the uh, start. Kent Johnson gets sent down. That's only a, a space-clearing move, so Jed Greaves can get called up. Don't read too mm-hmm. much into that one, folks, if you're a Columbus fan. Uh, Carolina Hurricanes, no patch already. That's a New Year uh, re-entry to the uh, to the NHL. Uh, but our chance at watching Brent Burns, one of the more entertaining and interesting players around the league, and you write about him this week in Thirty Two Thoughts. 
Yes, apparently the rumors that he carried a machete. Where in did the you get that? I read. Like, where I've never heard that that he carries a machete. I've heard blenders. I someone but... told me they said the rumor was <laughs> that he carried a machete in there. So I figured I'd never have a better question, better okay. time to ask him if it was true. Yeah. Yeah. So, but no machete. Okay. I think he's going to have a monster year. Yeah. You know what, Merrick? We all get the points in our lives. We think we don't need a change, yeah. but we really do. I think Burns is going to be one of those guys. So what are you trying to say about about yourself here, Elliot? Do you, are you getting that Brent Burns feeling now too? Is that where is that where you're heading with this one? No, actually, I wasn't. <laughs> but way to try to dig you're, me a hole. You're you're jerk. pretty pretty definitive about that. Like, whoa, geez, okay, what's what's Elliot about to say here? Uh, I, right. I guess I'm going to say that Burns is going to chop up opposing defense. Oh, very good. I just would have loved to have seen the look on his face when you said, "Do you have a machete in there?" Who asked that question? Elliot Friedman. Uh, Just enjoy, an idiot. Enjoy the rest of your walk. Enjoy the Leafs and the Habs, so the Vancouver Canucks and the Edmonton Oilers. We'll be watching. All right. Thanks a lot, Merrick. Have a great night. There he is. Uh, Elliot Friedman from 32 Thoughts and Hockey Night in Canada.